Greetings, everyone. This is Fred Coulter. Welcome to Church at Home. Church at Home is sponsored by the Christian Biblical Church of God, and we are dedicated to restoring original Christianity for today, the actual teachings of Jesus Christ, which some of them are going to be very dumbfounding compared to some of the teachings that people give today. And we're going to see that as God manifested in the flesh. And remember, as I mentioned before, and I'll mention nearly every time, we have a booklet, The 356 Prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament. Now, think on this for just a minute. What did the apostles have to teach from? Because the New Testament wasn't written and it wasn't finalized until around 100 A.D. When Jesus came, there was no New Testament. His teachings were to become part of the New Testament, and his teachings were to be taken from the Word of God, because the Word of God is truth, and there is no lie in it, And it was to bring the gospel, which is the good news of the salvation for every individual who will repent. And in our day, the coming kingdom of God to take over rulership of the world. So let's come to Mark, the first chapter. Pick it up in verse 14. Now, after the imprisonment of John, Jesus came into Galilee, proclaiming the gospel of the kingdom of God. Now, what is the gospel of the kingdom of God? It is, number one, the grace of God. And number two, the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of God is in two fashions. Number one, God ruling in our lives now with his spirit in us. That's number one. Number two, the literal kingdom of God, which Christ is going to bring on this earth, and all the resurrected saints are going to rule and reign with him and bring peace to this earth. That's the kingdom of God. Verse 15, And saying, The time has been fulfilled. The time for the coming of Jesus has been fulfilled. He is here. He is teaching. He is baptized. He is reaching out and beginning to form those who would follow him and to heal the sick, to raise the dead, to preach the truth of God from the Word of God. Time has been fulfilled, and the kingdom of God is near at hand. He was the sole representative of the kingdom of God. Now, notice what he says next. Repent. Now, what is repentance? Repentance works this way. You see, you're convicted that you have sinned. And sin is a transgression of the laws of God and the Word of God. And nothing can replace the Word of God. And the laws and the commandments of God are found in the Old Testament. 
Jesus, or as we were going to see, is going to magnify those and bring new and deeper meaning to them. Repent. Now this means, in repenting of your sins, now that Jesus has been crucified, died, was in the grave three days and three nights, resurrected from the dead, sitting at the right hand of God the Father now. All right? You confess your sins to God directly. You don't need a priest. You don't need a minister. You just need to understand the Word of God and examine the Word of God and especially take the Ten Commandments and examine your life and ask yourself, have I transgressed these commandments or not? Then you repent and remember, Jesus was crucified, scourged, nailed to the cross, shed his blood so you can be forgiven and all who call upon his name. Now, Christianity today has that part almost right. And believe in the gospel. Now, believe in the Bible means to hear, to understand, and to obey. It's not just a profession. It's not just professing the name of Jesus. You believe and believe the gospel. Now, the gospel is the very word of God. Let's see some of the gospel that he taught. Let's come to Matthew, the fifth chapter. Matthew 5 becomes very important because, you see, the false Christianity of this world teaches that you don't have to keep the law of God. And as a matter of fact, the law has been done away. That is not true. Now, Paul wrote some scriptures which have been misinterpreted to make it appear that the law has been abrogated. But we're going to see from the mouth of Jesus Christ himself And remember what we read in the last segment. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. And Jesus is God manifested in the flesh. So every word that he speaks, and another sidebar on that, he tells us he got that from God the Father. So, What these teachings are, are teachings from God the Father through Jesus Christ to each one of us. No middleman. Christ is our mediator, but no human middleman. That's why we have church at home, so you can come to find out about God at home going through the Bible yourself. Now, let's come to Matthew 5 and verse 17. I have yet to hear a minister on TBN and Daystar or any other program read these scriptures that we're going to read now. 
because this undoes every lie concerning the laws of God that you have been told. So let's read it. Do not think. Now, what does that mean? That means don't let it enter your mind. Do not think that I have come to abolish the law. There it is right there. Abolish the law. Don't think that. Or the prophets. I did not come to abolish, but to fulfill. And fulfill means to complete. And when it's completed, that does not make it no longer existing. It means it is complete, and we are to follow it, every word of God. Now, isn't that what we learned last time? We are to what? Live by every word of God that proceeds out of his mouth. Are these the words of Jesus Christ, who is God manifested in the flesh? Absolutely. Let's see a prophecy of this back in Isaiah 42 and verse 21. The Lord is well pleased for his righteousness sake. Now, this is a prophecy of Jesus Christ and how righteous he was when he was here in the flesh and all of the things that he did. He will magnify the law. Ha! Huh. Magnify the law. Doesn't say he will abolish the law and get rid of it. No, he will magnify the law and make it glorious. That's what it means to fulfill or to complete. Now let's come back to Matthew 5 for a minute, and let's look at this. Let's look at how sure it is. Because again, you will not hear this preached correctly, if at all, in any of the fake Christianity of this world. Back to Matthew 5, verse 18. For truly, that means in truth, I'm telling you the truth. I'm speaking to you the truth. And I want you to understand this truth, Jesus is saying. Truly, I say to you, until heaven and earth shall pass away, question, are they still here? Heavens? The earth? Now, how much greater guarantee can you get than that? Till heaven and earth shall pass away, one jot or one tittle, small little markings of Hebrew, shall in no way pass from the law. There's no way it's going to happen. You can't make it happen. You can't reason around it with your own deceitful carnal mind and say that, yes, it has been abolished. Heaven and earth will remain, continuing now, until everything has been fulfilled or completed. Think about that completed. Has every word of God been completed? 
Nope. Has Jesus returned to the earth? Nope, not yet. Has the kingdom of God been set up on the earth? No. Huh. How many prophecies in the Old Testament are talking about the kingdom of God that Jesus Christ and the saints are going to set up on the earth when Jesus returns? Many. Lots of them. And it's going to be a grand and glorious time. That is yet to come. It hasn't been fulfilled. And even all the prophecies that are taking place today, they have not been all fulfilled. There are still some that are yet to be fulfilled, which are going to be a tremendous and absolutely heaven-shaking and earth-shaking in their fulfillment. Haven't come yet. Read it again, so we understand it. You won't forget it. For truly I say to you, until the heaven and earth shall pass away, one jot or one tittle shall in no way pass from the law until everything has been fulfilled or completed. Now, let's read on, because this becomes important. And these are the teachings of Jesus. These are the things that he spoke first person singular. Therefore, whoever shall break one of these least commandments, question, what is the least commandment to you? Is the least commandment the Sabbath, that you won't keep it because everybody keeps Sunday? Well, if you want to join all those who worship Satan the devil, go to Sunday worship. Christ is not there. Now, they may use some of his words, but they're meeting on the wrong day. How is that fulfilling the law or completing the law in the lives of those people who go to church on Sunday and reject the Sabbath? Now we're going to see how important that the Sabbath really is. And it is not preaching Judaism. Now, we have a whole series of things on Judaism. Judaism is comprised of the teachings of men, the very thing that we have been discussing that we should not follow. And there are many teachings of men that we should not follow because they're not of God. Now, they can try and make it appear of God, they can try and act that they're holy. They can try and act that they're righteous. They can kiss the Bible. They can raise the Bible. They can read out of it some of the words. But instead of teaching people to obey the Word of God, to love God with all their heart, mind, and soul, and being, and to love their neighbor as their self, they are false prophets. Therefore, Whoever shall break one of these least commandments and shall teach men so. So everyone who's a teacher, you better listen up and you better know if you're not teaching the word of God, if you are not faithfully handling the word of God and teaching the people to come to God the way God wants them to come, you're in trouble shall be called least in the kingdom of heaven. 
So if you break one of these least commandments and teach men to do so, you're going to be called least in the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean you're even going to get there. That just means you and your name and your reputation and your work and what you have done will be labeled as sin because it's not the word of God. But whoever shall practice and teach them, what is that? The commandments of God. That practice them and teach them. Now, that's what we do at church at home. That's what we do, Christian Biblical Church of God. This is what all of our elders and brethren do. Shall practice and teach them. This one shall be called great in the kingdom of heaven. Whoa. Isn't that what you want? What is it that you want? Satisfaction in this life now? Well, God will give you enough of that. But do you want eternal life and glory in the kingdom of God? And I, John, saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a great voice from heaven say, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he shall dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself shall be with them and be their God. Well, that's what the gospel is all about. Now, let's look at something else here, and before I start reading this, I want to tell you about another book. Judaism, Revelation of Moses, or a religion of men. You need that because if you have no understanding about Judaism, you cannot understand the New Testament. Now, Judaism, while they claim the Bible, do not follow the Bible the way that they should, but have overlaid the Old Testament with their traditions, with their laws, with their rules, with their regulations, and everything that they do. So you need this book. Then one other one. Scripturalism versus Judaism. Like I have said, you cannot fully understand the New Testament or the Old Testament until you understand the errors of Judaism. The Jews like to say, oh, well, the Old Testament was written for us for the Jews, and the Sabbath is for the Jews. Not true. Christians like it because they like to do away with the Sabbath, and they like to do away with other commandments of God so they can have their traditional teachings in their churches. So it's kind of a stalemate to each other. We'll preach this lie and we'll be happy, and you preach that lie and you'll be happy. But the Word of God says, uh-uh, you don't do that. 
Let's see it. Right here, verse 20. For I say to you, unless your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, there is no way that you shall enter into the kingdom of God. Why is that? Because they have so many teachings and practices that are contrary. And then we dry the hands. Do not make a blessing while you're drying your hands. That wouldn't be proper. You should focus on the blessing. You also try to hold the hands up so that if there is any water, it falls down on your wrist and not the other way around. The water from your above your wrist is impure, and you wouldn't want it to fall below the wrist and then to fall uh, uh, on top of the wrist. That would be improper. So we want to keep the hands up when we're drying our hands. Do you dry them, you remain silent, and that, then you've accomplished the washing of the hands. Let's look at some in Mark 7. Now, for those of you who went through the series of Judaism that we have, this will be a review for you. But the Jews have a book called The Code of Jewish Law. That's what it is. Man-made laws. That the Jews say, if you keep these, you will be righteous. Jesus says, if you repent of your sins and love me and keep my commandments, you'll be in good standing with God. All of the things that they have written down may seem in their mind very good to them, but not to God. They're not of God. And they follow these things in the synagogue every Sabbath. Yes, they have the Sabbath day, but do they know what the Sabbath really means? Yes, they have the holy days of God, what they should be, but do they keep them the way that God intended and understand what they mean in prophecy? No, they don't. Now, let's come to Mark 7 and verse 1. Then the Pharisees and some of the scribes, these are the ones who were teaching Judaism. From Jerusalem, oh, important ones, coming down to check up on this Jesus to find out what he was doing, came together to him, and when they saw some of his disciples eating with defiled hands, that is, unwashed hands, they found fault. For the Pharisees and all the Jews holding fast the tradition of the elders do not eat unless they wash their hands thoroughly. Huh. And when coming in from the market, they do not eat unless they first wash themselves. And there are many, and we'll say the many is thousands, of other things which they have received to observe, such as the washing of cups and pots and brass utensils and tables. For this reason, the Pharisees and the scribes question him, saying, Why don't your disciples walk according to the tradition of the elders, but eat bread with unwashed hands? And he answered and said to them, Well did Isaiah prophesy concerning you hypocrites. As it is written, This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far away from me. Because God wants your heart. He wants you to worship him from your heart, 
and with your mind and with your whole being. See, that's what the great commandment is all about, to love God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul, with all your being, and your neighbor as yourself. And on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. Now notice what Jesus said about that worship. But in vain do they worship me, teaching for doctrine the commandments of men. For leaving the commandments of God, you hold fast the traditions of men, such as the washing of pots and cups, and you practice many other things like this. And he said to them, Full well do you reject the commandments of God so that you may observe your own tradition. That's why Jesus said, back here in Matthew 5, let's go back and read that again, and let's see a clear meaning of it now, what he's talking about, and what is required of us. Matthew 5, verse 20. For I say to you, unless your righteousness shall exceed the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees. Huh. We just saw that example. That's not in the Bible as a command of God, what they have said. There is no way that you shall enter into the kingdom of God. Let's just take it from Judaism. If you follow Judaism and you reject Christ and you follow all the traditions of Judaism, you're not going to be in the kingdom of God. Now let's take this one step further. If you're a Catholic and you follow all the teaching of the Catholic Church and all the traditions of the Catholic Church, you're not going to make it into the kingdom of God. It isn't going to happen. Now, let's take it one step further with the Protestants, who in every way are following the Roman Catholic Church. Sunday, Halloween, Easter, Christmas, and many of the other traditions that they themselves have. If you're following them, you're worshiping on Sunday, you're rejecting the commandments of God, there is no way, Jesus says, you're going to be in the kingdom of God. Now then, those things are plain and clear, and this brings us to a perfect place to come to an end on this second segment of the teachings of Jesus, because then we're going to learn the teachings of Jesus have deep spiritual meaning, and they must be done in honesty and in truth and in love in the way that God wants, not substituting the teachings of men for the Word of God. So you be sure and write in for these books that I have mentioned on Judaism and also the one on the prophecies of Jesus in the Old Testament, and more importantly, the harmony of the Gospels. It is a full, thick, 300-page book which covers everything and puts in the proper sequence, the proper time during Jesus' ministry when these things were taught. The harmony of the Gospels. So once again, thank you for inviting me into your home 
So until next time, this is Fred Calder saying, so long, everyone. Thank you.